Well, today's one of those days where, again, we have a very, very short Bible reading. So uh, you've got me to do it, <laughs> rather than getting uh, someone up for it. So John chapter 19, verse 30. Uh, when he had finished the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. I want you to think with me for a moment of all the things that you might have finished in life. What stands out? What stands out of things that you've finished in life? Maybe it was a course of study. Maybe it was a special project that you were involved in, restoring something, renovating, maybe creating or making something. Maybe it was a challenge of another kind that you finished and that you look back on and, and uh, recognise that that was significant, that I finished what I set out to do there. For me, it was the time that I ran in and, and finished the Melbourne Marathon. And that feeling after 42 and a bit kilometres and four, four, and a, four, and a bit, uh, four hours or so of finishing what I had set out to finish, finishing what I started. As we continue our lead up to Easter on Jesus' last words from the cross, what I've just read, Jesus simply said, and this is the second last of, of these, we'll do the last on Good Friday, Jesus simply said, it is finished. It is finished. What did Jesus mean? What, what was the significance of what he was referring to here that was finished? And what does that mean for us even still today? It is finished. Is this a statement of resignation from Jesus? Have you ever had days where nothing seems to go according to plan and everything, uh, everything goes wrong and, and uh, goes pear-shaped and, and you reach the point of despair and you think or you say, oh, I give up. Was Jesus doing that here? Let's reflect on what had been unfolding for Jesus, not just across a day but a week. On this day in the Christian calendar, Palm Sunday, the, the, as, as we begin Easter week, uh, Palm Sunday is recorded in, uh, earlier in John's Gospel, John chapter 12. There was a great crowd of people that went out to meet Jesus and they were cheering for him. They were looking for him to, uh, to, to be their Messiah, even though what they had in mind as a Messiah was quite different to, to, uh, to, to who Jesus was and what he came for. They, uh, they were looking for a Messiah who would free them from the, rule, from the Roman rulers. But what a difference a day or a week would make because the same group of people would go from shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the King of Israel, to only a few days later shouting, crucify him, as the tide of popular opinion would change from Hosanna to hostility. Almost and, and, and then as we think with, as you think with it further, think about it further with me, even almost all of Jesus' own followers would abandon him or betray him as he was taken to and hung on the cross. So you could understand why perhaps this could uh, simply be a, a cry of resignation from Jesus, acknowledging that things hadn't gone to plan. But it wasn't. Because when you look at the Gospels, you discover that Jesus didn't set out to be popular. He didn't set out to be successful. 
in the way that the world sees it. He set out to serve and to save. It is finished is not a statement of resignation from Jesus. So what is it then? Is it a statement of relief, perhaps? After all, when Jesus says this, not long before his life on this earth would come to an end, Jesus has just been through the, and is in the midst of the most agonising and cruel lead up to death imaginable, a slow and painful crucifixion on a cross. And along with that, he'd been mocked and he'd been made out to be a criminal even though he'd done nothing wrong. Undoubtedly, as his last breaths and as he gasped for breath and his last breaths on, on this earth drew near, there would have been some sense of relief for Jesus. Physically, in, 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 uh, in, in his life on this earth, drawing to a close uh, from this painful crucifixion death. And yet the Jesus that we see in the rest of the Gospel of John and indeed the other Gospels was not someone ever concerned about his own welfare or ever concerned about finding relief from great challenges. So if Jesus' statement, it is finished, isn't a statement of resignation or even a statement of relief, what is it? It is a statement of redemption. In the original language, it is finished, is just one word, tetelestai, which means that the telos or the goal has been reached. Mission accomplished. In Bible times, that, that word tetelestai was the word written across a bill when the last payment has been made, paid in full. So when Jesus says, it is finished here, it is a statement that he has paid in full for the redemption of you and I back into a right relationship with God. Just a few chapters earlier in John, Jesus says this as part of his prayer to his heavenly Father. John chapter 17, verse 4. I have brought you glory on earth by what? By finishing the work that you gave me to do. What was that work? What was the work that the Heavenly Father has sent Jesus to earth for? It was to finish or to complete or, 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 or to bring to a point of mission accomplished God's plan of redemption. Because our problem was, and it wasn't just Adam and Eve's problem, it was my problem, it was your problem, it was everyone who's ever lived problem. As people, we, may, we have made a choice to go our own way instead of God's. We think we know better than God. And we, 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 we seek to make choices and to live life uh, independently of, of God's best for us rather than dependent on God. And the Bible calls this sin. And from the early chapters of Genesis, through all that takes place between then and here, God's redemption plan for us as people was underway to restore us back into a right relationship with God. And there are clues, all, all, there are clues right through the Bible uh, about God's plan of redemption. And uh, it gets clearer and clearer and clearer, but it would not be complete until Jesus would do what no one else in history could, and that is to take the sin of the world upon his sinless shoulders and pay the price in full for my sin, for your sin, for the sins of our world. The sacrificial system through the Old Testament under the law wasn't enough. 
the, our own efforts, my own efforts, your own efforts of what we do aren't enough. But what Jesus was doing at the cross was enough to once and for all deal with the problem of sin and make it possible for us to be drawn back into a right relationship with God. This was not a statement of resignation. This was not a statement of regret. This was not a statement even of relief, but a statement of redemption from Jesus, stating that the work of God's redemption for our forgiveness and our salvation was finally and fully completed. As Hebrews, as the book of Hebrews states it in Hebrews chapter 9, uh, verse 12, it says, um, he did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves. That, that was the old uh, sacrifice system through the Old Testament. But he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining what? Eternal redemption. Making possible eternal redemption for you and for me. The words, it is finished, from Jesus at the cross, are the most wonderful and life-giving words any of us can ever hear. It is finished. Bring, making possible redemption, reassurance and relief in the sense that instead of it being about what we do or don't do, it's about what God has done for us through Jesus, making possible a free gift of salvation that Jesus offers for us to receive. So what's your response? Our part is twofold. It's to receive gratefully that free gift of salvation in and through Jesus. But once we've received that, out of that, it's to run, it's to live the, the, the life of, of uh, run the race of life and faith in such a way that we fulfill all that God has for us to be and do in our lives on this earth. Jesus did that, but not only he, so did the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul describes it like this in 2 Timothy as he came towards the end of his life on this earth. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Apostle Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Coming back to what I began with, the most important thing of all to finish and to finish well in life in is not a course of study. It's not something you make or paint or create or renovate or a project or a marathon or anything else other than to finish and finish well in our faith journey. Life as a follower of Jesus is not getting any easier in this world that we live in. And this shouldn't surprise us. The Bible talks about this. The Bible speaks of this being the case of times of great trial and times of temptation and times of testings for followers of Jesus as, uh, as it gets closer to the day when Jesus will come back again. But we are called to what? To fix our eyes afresh on Jesus and to fulfill all that he's called us to. Not to lose our way in life or faith. Not to fall away in life or faith, as sadly some do, but to fix our eyes afresh on Jesus, as Hebrews describes it for us in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, 
since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And that's those who've gone before us to inspire us from, 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 Bible, from the Bible and, and, and others. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And that's so true. Sin, sin so easily entangles us. So easily we can get thrown off course in, in our following of Jesus. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. How do we do that? By fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. I want to encourage you, as you go into this Easter week, to fix your eyes afresh on Jesus, who is the author of our faith, but he's also the perfecter or the completer of our faith. And allow his story from the cross, allow his words from the cross and beyond to shape your story of life and faith here on this earth. For some of you, that might involve starting a faith journey with Jesus. If you haven't started a faith journey with Jesus, you need him to be the author of your faith. You need to put your trust in him and what he's done for you at the cross where those words, it is finished, make possible that coming back into right relationship with God. For others of you, it might involve being sustained on the faith journey that you're already on with Jesus, where you need, you need his strengthening, you need his sustaining, you need his enabling, uh, to, to, uh, you need to fix your eyes afresh on him and uh, allow him to uh, encourage you on your, uh, to press on in your walk with Jesus and all that that means in the midst of life's challenges, life's testings, life's temptations. Making sure that you are focused on fulfilling and finishing all that God has for you to be and to do. Because when that day comes, and it will come for me, and it will come for us all, when we, come to, when we draw our, lo- our last breaths on, on this earth, just like Jesus did, we too will need to consider, have I finished well my journey of life and faith? Can I truly say in a totally different way to what Jesus did, it is finished, but can, can, uh, can, can I say I have completed the race of faith and life? I have fulfilled God's purposes for me in such a way that God will be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for being the author and the perfecter or completer of our faith and for all that that means for us. Thank you for your amazing plan of redemption. Thank you for these life-giving words from the cross in those moments before your last breath on earth. It is finished that you completed what you came to earth to do, to be our saviour, to pay in full for our sins. May we fix our eyes on you, Jesus, or fix our eyes afresh on you, which is needed to start a journey of faith in you, which is needed to sustain a journey of faith with you and fulfil I'll fulfill or finish your purposes for us in our life of faith on this earth. That's what matters most in life. Finishing 
what God has entrusted to us with our lives and finishing our faith journey in a way that brings honour and glory to God. So this Easter week, may we come to recognise these things in afresh and may we come to make these things a reality in our lives in such a way that our walk of life and faith is truly one that, uh, that is living out God's purposes for us. That is, just like Jesus, uh, as, as he reflected towards the end of his life, that he had completed the work that his Father, Heavenly Father had, had, had given him to do, that we too are completing or fulfilling the work that God has given us to do in bringing glory to him in and through our lives on this earth. So we ask for your enabling and your help in this, God. And we pray that we would uh, take next steps in our faith journey with you, whatever that is, whether it's starting that or whether it's being sustained in that across this Easter week and beyond. And we ask all these things in and through the wonderful, life-giving name of Jesus, our Saviour and our Lord. Amen.